Welcome back to Dime Boxing with Delco podcast. This is our 10th episode, otherwise known as our PSA 10 episode here. We got, of course, Delco Rips in the building, but we also got my man Joe as our third guest we've had on. Joe, what's up? Great to get you on the pod. What's going on? Dude, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I just want to start with my appreciation toward you guys, man. You two have helped me a ton in this hobby and become great friends of mine. So I appreciate you guys uh, getting me on, and I'm excited to do this. Absolutely. J Ford Sports Cards, right? Is that the, the plug the Instagram? What, what What's your Instagram? Yep, J Ford Sports Cards. You got it. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's, that's your Instagram. And um, I wanted to start off real quick just uh, – I know I've seen you at shows and, and that's how we've known each other and kind of met and seems like, you know, you've been hanging around the hobby, even through the ups and downs um, and just kind of really enjoying it. Right. And just been a part of it. Um, what's the like, what's the number one thing you just enjoy about cards? Like what makes you interested in the hobby and uh, what makes you kind of stick around kind of even in the ups and downs of the price fluctuations? Yeah, sure. Um, I, so I got into collecting uh, March of 2022. So I'm coming up on a year now. Um, I just absolutely love it, right? Like um, being around guys like yourself, right? The whole group of um, guys we constantly see at the card shows have helped me develop great relationships with people, good friends. And um, I mean, that kind of keeps it going. So to answer more directly towards your question of ups and downs, I think just overall enjoying the collecting part of it has been a huge part of being able to stick with it, regardless of if you're making money, regardless, whatever else happens, that's really made me stick with it. Yeah, that's that's an interesting time to join. March 22, that was, I feel like, when we started to realize, like, oh, shoot, like, stuff's really going down. That was when, not to, but that was when, you know, Russia and Ukraine started having a war in the stock market and crypto at the same time were all tanking. And mm-hmm. I feel like that really hurt cards a lot. Gas went up, goods went up. Like that was a tough time. And I feel like, like it, it's tough to say, like everyone would definitely be like, oh, like the market's definitely lower now than it is then. But I would say that there's more interest in actual like buying and selling and transacting this March than last March. Cause like last March, everyone was into their cards for more than what they were worth. So it was just like a big holding game and being firm and 40% of comps and fake comps. And like, it was just like the comp war. It seemed like, like now it's like actual, like collecting, like buying and selling. And even if like the higher end stuff is lower, I feel like the market itself is stronger now than last March. So like, do, you, do you think you've seen like interest pick up since you've been in it? And do you feel like right now is like the most interested you've been in it? Yeah, so um, back in March 2022, I only went because I was really good friends with Matt, um, Matt's B-Ball cards, went to school with him uh, while he was here at Newman, I'm finishing up now in May, um, and then uh, Mez cards being my professor, of course, um, you know, getting into it through those guys just really opened my eyes. So the first show I ever went to, uh, I didn't know what comps were, I didn't know how to check them, I didn't know anything, so um I think the first card, first card I ever bought was a Tyrese Halliburton black out of 99 rookie. And um, I, I got out of that pretty quick, but answering your question. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a fluctuation and I, I think the prime months of me being in it over the year, honestly may have came in the summer as well as um, up until now, 
right? I mean, you see these guys who are getting frustrated with the market and just looking to dump off their cards and guys like us who are in it for the long run, we'll take them gladly. So um, I think the most fun is when people want to get out and you're really keening in on investing. So um, yeah, I, I think it's going to continue to fluctuate, but your prediction of March being, um, you know, a, a great month for the hobby. I, I totally agree. I could see it. Yeah, I yeah, think, I think I, one thing I've just going around to other shows and everything, I just wanted to agree with you, Dimes. Like, I, I think the interest in the hobby uh, right now is super high. Uh, and people are, are starting to be pretty bullish um, on cards. And I think they're starting to understand and have more trust in the market. And like, they know, like, all right, you know, what's a good card or what's, a, what's an overpopulated card? Uh, what's a card to hold? Uh, what's a card that I can trust the value on, who's a prospect, who's not. And just seems like everyone's kind of smarter and prices have kind of settled into their true place. So uh, I agree with that. And I, yeah, and, and the, like the show market right now is super healthy. Uh, every show um, that I go to or hear about is having a good uh, turnout and uh, you know, and, and the dealers and, and the patrons are happy. So um that thing, those kind of things kind of tend to be indicative of the overall vibe in the market and how we're all feeling. But I, to me, like the pulse is strong right now in general, which is just good. Yeah. And one thing that I think is interesting, like I feel like last March or maybe like last spring, I felt like whatnot was really hurting the market, hurting it overall. Now, I think that and I'm not a whatnot guy at all. I don't sell on there. Maybe in the future. I don't know. I don't, I bought maybe three cards on there, but I think that it's the gambling and live auction aspect of it has brought people in who typically wouldn't like cards. Like I have a few friends who are just randomly getting into cards now and the way they're getting into it is not eBay. It's not Instagram. It's whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's what brought them in. So Joe, I wanted to ask you, cause I didn't know this. You had told me uh, this past weekend or maybe the weekend before that, that you actually used to sell on whatnot. So that's pretty interesting. You you had a good experience. So tell me about what it was like selling on whatnot and why you're no longer really doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, I'm a guy who prefers the face-to-face -face interaction, um, whereas some people who may not be comfortable doing deals face-to-face -face can really, you know, um, uh, for lack of better words, make the best deal possible for them on whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. I did enjoy it. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, but over time, I was just like, you know, they have a pretty strong fee, um, pretty similar to eBay. Um, and then if you're not consistent with it, which I wasn't just with my schedule, you lose out on a ton of viewers. So my first stream ever, I may have had like 25 people in the live, which is crazy um i guess they have a certain algorithm for first-time streamers mm -hmm. um ever since then i maybe got 10 once and i i really haven't done it since so not for me but there's people in there who can make an absolute killing yeah i had a similar experience selling on whatnot joe i just wanted to echo that yeah i feel like i had a very similar like where uh originally first few streams had a, a good showing and then over time it kind of fizzled out to the point where I thought I was trying to put on a good show and sell some good stuff, but I wasn't getting enough viewers or interest in the stuff um, <clears throat> at the time. But uh, I, it might have just got oversaturated with sellers. I think that's ultimately Definitely. what happened once it got opened up to everybody. Um, 
but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think it really messed with comps at first, but I think now the market's reacted to it where a lot of sellers have shifted to whatnot. Like, I think a lot of the issue at first was there were the sellers were, you know, a lot on eBay, but the buyers were going to whatnot. Now it's like the sellers and buyers are whatnot. You know, at least I kind of see it that way. I think also cheap grading coming back has kind of helped the market have a little more life to it. Like I was set up at a show this past weekend, uh, the Central Jersey card show. And like, I was talking to just, I was really talkative with people who would come up just asking them, like, what are you liking right now on cards? And like, people were showing me cards and they're like, yeah, like now that I'm able to grade stuff again, it's coming back quickly. Like, let's be honest, PSA is doing a really nice job. Things are coming back really quickly. Upcharges are not too insane. And like this person was telling me at the show that that's helped, you know, remain, you know, help the interest get to a level where they're going to stay in the hobby. And it's, I think that is a part of it too. Uh, did he, did either of you go to shows this weekend? I did not. Did not. I did not. I got one coming up to uh, Wilmington card show in Delaware. Just a fun, small show. I go what to. Is that? But... is that? Is that this weekend, Joe? Yeah, this Saturday. Nice. I'm going to check that out too. Um, yeah, you should. But I wanted to, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Have you had a good experience at the Wilmington show, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing compared to some of the card shows we go to. Like, it, it honestly amazed me. So that show has been around for 20, 30 years or whatever. I talked to the guy who runs it. They run it every month, and they've been running it for that long. Um, and it just amazed me how um, – and this brings more props to you, Delco. You, you ran a show for the first time, and it was phenomenal. Like, literally, again, I started collecting in March, and it was one of the best shows I've been to in the year. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the pod, but it actually was really good. Um, but the Wilmington show, you just you see the same vendors, right? It's the same 20, 30 people, and there's not much of their inventory that changes. And no discredit to them, but I don't think a lot of people go there to buy heavy. So it's it's 20 minutes away from my school. I can't resist the urge to go to a show when I know it's open. So um yeah, it's it's a decent show. They might have something you're looking for. A lot of vintage. So yeah, I'll definitely plug the Brother Love Card Show there. So check that uh, episode two, the second one on uh, April 16th um, of this year. So like, like two months. Um, but yeah, I do think we kind of like one thing about the the card show business, which has really been cool for me to like be a part of and learn and uh, see the the promoter side and the the owner side of a of a card show um you know like uh oh I, I was gonna I was gonna getting into like the uh we, we've only done one show right and we did a huge marketing push for multiple months for this one big event and the Delaware show has been running for years and years and years um he's probably made so much more money than we ever have made you know but ultimately eventually that leads to like maybe a little bit of staleness if you run the same show like even if it's every month for like 10 years in the same location like i want eventually you don't get like that same traction i guess but um you know so i i don't know that's something to think about but you know the the, the car show business is interesting and uh you know uh, we'll talk about more of that as I'm learning more kind of on future episodes. Uh, always happy to, to to be transparent and share about the Broadway Love Card Show. Yeah. Um, I We also went to a trade night this past weekend at a card shop. 
uh, Carter's Cards. It's in Douglasville, right off of 422, like literally. Like I didn't right get invited to, to this like excursion, by the way. Like we they should. were just like they were just talking about wait, I wanted to bring this up on air when we were recording. Like we're <laughs> just talking about this like excursion. They're doing all this card stuff, they're going to trade nights and setting up at shows, and like my invite to this whole shindig. Got lost in the mail. I probably would have said no because I needed a time off uh, from traveling and stuff. But I'm just mentioning no invite to this this card fun. Dude, you want to hear something? So we were on the way to Carter's and I was driving. Matt and Joe were in the car. And I said, I was like, dude, I should have hit up Delco. And Matt was like, you still can just hit him up. And I was like, I will when we get there. And I just never ended up following through on that. But we definitely should. It was a good time. We ended up having a little bit of a a rip party after Joe had a fire uh, series one box. He hit these two Mark McGuire home field advantage and a Dale Murphy on card auto Matt uh, Matt's speedball cards hit a Kate Cunningham perfectly centered, perfectly clean uh, prism silver rookie. That's definitely going to get a PSA 10. So that's actually some big money because those are impossible to find clean. So um, it was honestly a pretty, pretty good night. Carter's, Trade night is awesome. He does a really nice job there. Um, caters to a lot of different people. He had it pretty packed in there. All the different wax you would want. Me and him made a really big trade. I won't say all the details of it, but um, I moved one of my pretty big uh, Brady flawless patches. So Did you? He, 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 always, he loves Brady. I, I, people always trade him big Brady, Brady stuff. You know, I, I really am. I'm so jealous because Carter's just so far from where I live. Like, he can't be my actual LCS because he's not local to me. And, uh, but I like, I, it seems awesome to be able to go into your LCS and be, have it be somebody that's like, like-minded and you could trade with, like, that's just an awesome concept. And like most LCSs that I've been to and I frequent, that's not really the case. Like, you know, they might be good for other things, but you know, like trading modern cards or like, walking in with a Brady patch and being able to walk out with something you want is just not like realistic at like most LCSs. So that's awesome. Kudos to him. Where is he? What what town is he in? He's in like Northern Pennsylvania up near the Philly show, right? It's Douglasville. So it's like, if you were leaving the Philly show to get to Reading, it would be like halfway along the way. Like it's, it's like, if you're leaving, you know, like where I'm at, you know, to get to, Reading. It's a, I mean, it's a nice shop. He freaking had pizza there. He was giving out drinks, everything. I mean, it was cool. Um, people were ripping boxes. He has a nice TV in the shop. Like it's a nice modern card shop. Like a, it, it was cool. And it was nice to be able to do a, a big deal with him. And it's nice. Like a lot of people, like when I show them like the Brady flawless patches, like a lot of times people don't get like how rare those are. And like, what they like you I'll get people at the show who are like that much for a patch card and it's like it's a flawless patch like it's a very rare card. but like he understood right away we didn't even have to argue about value at all like I could tell he knew what he was looking at and that's a that's like huge to get especially for like the rare Brady stuff yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah it was a great time uh Carter's cards is great shop like Dimes was saying it was a great trade night he runs them pretty frequently and it's crazy because he always gets a great turnout every time. And it's some of the same people, but then there's some new people. So um, yeah, great card shop feels like home in there. I don't know if it's so, if it's because it's so small, but it's like 
right when you walk in, he just makes you feel welcomed and it's a great shop. Everyone feels comfortable trading. So that's all you can really ask for out of a trade night. Delco, what's the next big show you're doing? Uh, me in particular, like I'm just going for work. I'm going to go, we're going to the mint in Vegas at the Ooh. end of March. So I'm excited. It's like five weeks away. I'm excited about that. Um, I'll be, I mean, I'll have my cards. I mean, I don't know, but I'm not going to be, I don't think I'll have a showcase there. Uh, cause it's more of like an industry summit kind of, you know, wine and dine type of thing. Uh, but <clears throat> that's, that's kind of it for me. I want to like, but I need to get into like the local game, uh, you know, and be around for, for local shows to like go and, 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 and kind of make moves and trade and do some stuff. And I did sign up. I wanted to talk about this. I did sign up for this thing, uh, Veriswap. It's an app for trading. So uh, it's gaining a lot of traction. Uh, it's an app, you know, you can download an iOS app. And what you do with the concept of it is, is just like, yeah, you basically can make deals and trade. Um, I was testing it for, you know, kind of work purposes. And uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and I people have been sending me offers on my cards and everything like that. And it's made me like really want to like go to shows and try to like do trades and stuff because um there's a lot of cards i would big cards i have that i would trade down on or you know i would happily trade up on a couple of small cards to to get to land you know a card in the two to four thousand dollar range or whatever you know so like i i think that, that it's a really cool app and a good concept um and uh i you know made me kind of uh want to get out there to some shows and uh get get going again because i i have like, I, I mean, I, I did the Burbank show and I've kind of been laying low uh, for the last few weeks since then. Yeah, I wanted, the reason I was asking is I really want to get out to some more shows and I feel like you're definitely more well-versed in the shows than I am. So I was just going to try to tag along. I don't know. I got some. I might go to airplane. Dallas. You should book a flight and go. Let's go to Dallas because. Buddy, you know what? buddy, <laughs> buddy, you're, I'm picking you up early in the morning <laughs> in my freaking car. And we're having, we're road tripping. We're it's gonna be like the movie The Hangover. We're gonna take two days and we're getting to Dallas, dude. We don't fly airplanes. No, the car is what works. Listen, we have a we have a listener Kyle that uh, sets up at the Dallas Car Show, so we know somebody down there, a fan of the podcast. Um, we could record on the road. I, I say I say it's a trip. No, I couldn't. We we definitely we definitely can't drive there. That would be that would be insane. Um, but. Uh, I, I do, I do encourage us to go. I might go to Dallas. I was just thinking about that. Cause we're not going to go to Philly. Um, maybe I go to Dallas on my own dime on Delco rips time. And then I, I set up there, um, for the March show instead of Philly. So maybe I'll do that instead. And that'll be my next show. I'm, I'm thinking about this live on air on our podcast, just planning here. But, um, I wanted to ask you one thing, dimes to change the subject a little bit. I wanted to ask you what you've been picking up uh recently um you said you went to these shows um have you been buying anything on ebay uh is there anything in particular you picked up recently uh or that you know or even that you're looking to acquire in the near-term future you know it's interesting like at the last show i did the central jersey show i sold a lot of stuff there wasn't really much to buy and i've been trying to be more like aggressive with buying like anybody who's walking by the table at a show if they're holding a case that looks like it has cards now I'm like, hey, are you looking to sell or trade anything? The only thing I got, and I got it back in a trade, was like a Halliburton Blue Velocity PSA 10. It was really just to help the other person get to the value needed 
to make the trade. But overall, you know, picking up, I always obviously like to pick up stuff, centigrading. One thing I bought actually is a speculative play, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Prism Silver Rookie SGC 10. I was looking at the PSA 10s were super undervalued. Uh, something I like to do, even though I like sending cards to PSA, I've been looking at buying SGC slabs for like a lot of different rookies that I want because honestly, I've sent cards to both companies. I'm just telling you based off my experience, it could always have been the graders I got. People might tell me I'm crazy. It's harder to get an SGC 10 than a PSA 10. SGC does great things much quicker, but I think it's harder to get it in a 10. And to me, there's much fewer of them. I kind of like the look of this lab and it's so much cheaper. Like I paid 80 bucks for a silver 10 uh, SGC. And I think the PSAs were like 130 to 150, but I think in general, Fox was just super underpriced for his slabs. Like, dude, like John Morant, rookie silver 10, which I just got one back from grading. If anyone wants it, I'm looking to sell. Uh, it was a BGS nine. Wait, wait, wait. I want to, we're not like necessarily a sports like podcast that, you know, talks about like, you know, who's better in the NBA, but do you think the Kings like ultimately are a, a true contender uh, in the West or do you think they're not for real and by the playoffs, you know, that, that they won't be a factor? I don't think they're a true contender. I don't think that they're really in the finals race, but if they do surprise someone, I think they can surprise someone and win a playoff series. At most, maybe they win two playoff series, but I don't think they see the finals. But I think Fox is just really good. Like, it's it sucks he's stuck in Sacramento. But look at the NBA nowadays. You never know. Like, people thought KD was going to be in Brooklyn forever with Harden and Kyrie. Now none of them are there. So yeah. it, it's – Well, I've I noticed think, big – people have been picking up, like, big uh, – you're not alone in this opinion – People in the hobby have been picking up big De'Aaron Fox cards. I think Roth cards picked it up, like, talking about his gold and his NT autos and all this different stuff. And I've seen just, like, in general, interest of of De'Aaron Fox been going up. Um, and he seems to be selling them, you know? He's, like, flipping them. So, yeah, um, so yeah you're not alone on that opinion there of, of the growth there. I, I, I just wonder – my thing with the NBA is, like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not claiming to be, like, an ex, absolute expert on this. I – but in my experience, as we get closer to the playoffs, like the true, like the 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 cards the kind of experience, like a drop off, like you know, of of people that don't really have a real chance to do anything in the playoffs, like that becomes like pretty weak for card prices. And then the people that are gonna be in the playoffs see a huge bump. And then, you know, then it's always like who was the anomaly game like the John Morant of a couple of years ago when he scored like 40 points in the playoffs, like his cards went nuts. Like that was like a huge spike or like, is there any kind of big kind of inflection games? But um, that, that that's the only thing I worry about De'Aaron Fox is I just don't, I don't know if I believe in the Kings uh, and if they're going to actually make a play. Um, I, I, I wouldn't buy huge cards, but I like buying this. I like your SEC silver 10 play. I think his career is already – it's way too cheap. I'm sure it was, what, it was like a couple hundred bucks or like – Dude, here's the pricing breakdown. Ready? I'm going to – you're going to predict what it was after I tell you a couple other players, PSA 10 silver, just because I don't know. So I just sold a Halliburton through PMGS consignment. Uh, shout out to them. They do a nice job. So for 328 bucks on eBay auction, guy paid for it. There's um, Zion silvers, they're doing like 800. Trey Young silvers, they're doing like 
250 right now. Luca, then these are PSA 10s. Luca's do like 2000. Anthony Edwards do like 600. This is scary. I swear this is off the top of my head. But so after hearing those numbers, what do you think Fox does as a PSA 10 silver? I mean, I was just, I, I, I mean, I gave you my guess. I like, I'm going to stick with it. I think it was like, I think it's like a $200 card and SGC 10. As an SGC 10, it's 80 bucks. As a PSA 10, it's like 130, 150 bucks. Wow. That's what I mean. It's, and they're really low pop. Remember, it's 2017. 2017, they printed a fraction of all those other guys I mentioned, like Ann Edwards. No, that's Drake. a great, I mean, that's a great stack. Like, if, if you could buy like a fat, like 10 of those, like that might not be a bad just play. Like, that's too cheap. You know, he already, he really already has proven himself uh for the pop for a silver prism 10 uh to be like a player that's worth more money i I would think basketball is really weird man like everyone's kind of in this weird you know you're either like you're either it or you're not and maybe the whole hobby is kind of like that uh with 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 it's kind of similar to baseball like in prospects like you're either young and the fresh new thing and we don't know if you're generational yet and then your prices are through the roof or you kind of get the Aaron Fox, you get Bradley Beald. And even though you're a great player, like you're not winning championships and we can't see a path forward for you to be winning championships. So that's what Darren Fox needs to do. That's what like James Harden needs. Like James Harden's like a sure doubt Hall of Famer. His cards are like 120th what Steph Curry's go for on some of the refractors and rare stuff. Like, it, it doesn't really make sense, but he just doesn't have a championship. And like, that's how the ba- NBA works. So you got to got to break through that mold. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Real Joe, quick. quick so yeah. I, I just want to jump in real quick. So what I noticed from being a basketball fan primarily, and then watching the NFL pretty heavy this year for the first time in a couple of years, we saw very similar like trends, I feel like. So last year in the playoffs, we were just talking about that. Jordan Poole and Jalen Brunson were the two guys that absolutely played their asses off in the playoffs. And then you see their cards skyrocket. I don't know what percentage, but I mean, they definitely went up a crazy amount. And then you you go right into the NFL season and you see like Brock Purdy, like go crazy. And then his card skyrocket like that to me, I feel like I wouldn't see in the NBA um, before I saw that in the NFL. So now with the NBA playoffs rolling around again, I think people are remembering what Jordan Poole did and Jalen Brunson did. And it might make investments like De'Aaron Fox make a lot more sense. Like if he gets in and he puts up a 50-point game, I don't know. People are going to be looking for those prism silvers, I feel like. Yeah, I, I agree. That might be a $200 card like in a month. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like I, you might even like – that's one of those cards too. Like you could just throw on eBay and like a Kings fan gets like, you know, a little, little, little has a few too many uh, Cokes after a game and, and like wants some, you know, memorabilia and just buys like a silver prism because it's low pop. And they know that they know that it's a good card and cool. So I would be rooting for that and put that right on eBay for more because that's so cheap. And what's crazy is like, he's one of the few guys who's been played well and improved and his stuff is a lot lower now than it was before the boom. Those were like 300 bucks in like 2018, 2019. At least I'm pretty sure those were like two to 300 bucks at that time. Those are like half, they're, they're now like half of what they were before the boom. 
and he's probably playing better now than he ever has. I mean, I think yeah. that's pretty safe to say. So to me, the numbers there just didn't make sense. So like I, I look at that stuff a lot. I use card ladder when I'm, you know, just looking for something. I'll just look up what a lot of different guys prices do. And I notice his silver tens are just so far behind everyone else who, you know, he might be just as good as, or really close. And if he wasn't in Sacramento and who knows, he doesn't have to be in Sacramento forever. The league changes so quickly now. There is nothing such as like a permanent situation. The, the NBA is not the same league it was 10 years ago because of the fact that it just changes so freaking quickly. So you can't just write someone off now because they're in a small market. Yeah, maybe Sacramento changes and they win. I mean, it's possible. Or, or he leaves Sacramento or he asks for a trade and they have to trade him. You know, you like, really want him you want him to leave. You're like, now that you're invested, yeah. you're like, get him out of there. Get, get this guy. Yeah, get him in a Knicks uniform. Make him a Laker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Him yeah. Send him to Wait, a big city. We, we've spent a long time. We've spent a while on 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 De'Aaron Fox and your pickup. What about you, Joe? Like, what uh, anything you've picked up on eBay or or at the show recently? Any any pickups or anything you're looking to pick up in the future in in the you know near future? Yeah. So I went. Um, I went to the South Jersey card show on. I went it was Saturday yeah because we went to Carter's cards later that night um I went there and you know my, my girlfriend comes to like all the shows with me she's great she loves it um I told her I showed her my card case I was like I want to fill a row of this card case with slaps like that'd be a great show if I did it so I kid you not like the third table I get to this guy has like 20 Jordan Love cards out all graded I'm like all right I'm gonna start picking them out and as I'm picking them out, he's like, yo, I have more um, hidden away. You want to see them? Of course. And I bought, I think I bought like 25 Jordan Love slabs, um, nines and tens, um, a lot of base, a couple of variations. So I, I went crazy on Jordan Love. I didn't think it was going to be Jordan Love who I bought a ton of, but <laughs> um, I did. And I told Dimes, um, this is card related, but not necessarily a card. The best investment. I've made over the past couple of weeks is I bought a, a nice uh, Epson scanner for like my eBay page. It's great, dude. I'm getting like, I kid you not. I didn't believe it at first. Um, but Skull was like, if you get a scanner, people are going to look at your cards before other pictures that have like glares and stuff. And um, I kid you not. I put my whole collection um, through the scanner and put it on eBay. And like my eBay views have like doubled which is crazy. So Whoa. that was my best investment. Wait, I love that. I got a endorse as a scanner guy right now as like my professional living is like about <laughs> scanners and stuff. Like that's awesome. And I fully endorse that. I'm sitting next to a Epson V600 flatbed. That's what um, I have. That's exactly go. what I got. Let's go. It's a great scanner for uh, for slabs. Uh, I'll plug my, my own company, might as well. Uh, at Car Dealer Pro, what it does is you could take those scans and you could do four slabs at a time and it'll auto crop them. So you do, instead of doing uh, one at a time, you could do four uh, when you upload to eBay and it does AI. So as soon as you upload the scans, it like automatically titles them. So a uh, wow. little, little plug for Car Dealer Pro there, my, my, my job and everything. Uh, I was, felt like I needed to plug it uh, with awesome. you giving the scans. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, Joe. I feel like that's uh, that's really good, and I definitely think taking higher quality images um, helps 
um, just in general. Um, what I did want to talk about, uh, I, I, uh, one thing that I've been picking up is 96, uh, 97 tops crime refractors. Uh, I picked up like, uh, 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 Grant, uh, Horace Grant and Kevin Garnett refractors. Um, recently I've been looking, I mean, I'm looking for AI, uh, 96 tops crime AI refractors if I can. Um, they're really hard to find. I found this guy refractor Ron at the, I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week. I hope I didn't. But Refractor Ron at the uh, Burbank show and uh, on my search for a 96 Tops Chrome and he had sold his. So now I don't know where anyone is in the world. Like I don't know one owner of this card of this 96 Tops Chrome Allen Iverson Refractor. It's that hard to find. Um, and I go to a lot of card shows, so it's pretty mind blowing. But uh, anyway, I figured to set, it's it just become my favorite set, like in basketball, at least. Uh the the 96 97 tops chrome just base refractors uh they're not numbered they're just really good looking cards and i feel like the images on them are really good uh like the refractor the glare um i don't know just kind of brings me back to like like you know not about making money not about flipping like what do you like about cards like i don't know you just like like to own them they look cool to me uh there's some sort of enjoyment like in purchasing them so um, I've been kind of purchasing those and I think they're a good investment long-term too. I think it's an iconic set. So I'm stacking those and, uh, um, you know, I've been buying, you know, vintage as well, uh, as you've seen on my page. So, um, that's a couple of things that I've been adding. Alex, I actually had a question for you. Yeah, shoot. So, um, with collecting vintage now, um, how how's the deals go that like what's the major difference that you see between negotiating a deal for a more modern card whereas you may see more often or a vintage card because from my understanding i've never had a vintage card um they hold their value pretty well through market changes is what i've heard so when negotiating that is it you believe it's a little harder to make a deal well i'll be honest yeah like yeah definitely hard to go to a show and find like under comp vintage that's like really centered and like should be priced higher or even find somebody that's like willing to sell at a certain percentage of like a big vintage card that's centered because ultimately like the demand is so high for that stuff so you kind of have to buy into your knowledge it's almost like you can because everything has a range um so what i'm what i'm after right now is i'm looking on like a lot of the like pwcc and these like bigger auction sites and i'm looking for like good eye appeal vintage like if i identify like all right this card's a three but like that's a really good three like it's centered like they're almost never centered there's tons of fours and fives that aren't centered and if i can get that at like what the threes go for that are off center then i feel like that's a great deal and like that's kind of been my niche that I'm after right now in vintage. And like, that's all I kind of know is if I can identify that. And that's been the only way for me to like get a deal and quote unquote, because it's hard. Like no one's if those comps on eBay, like no one's going to really give you like 70% on like a vintage card. Like, that's what I found. Like modern stuff, people are in and out of it. Uh, the people aren't as committed. And there's also not necessarily like a buyer on the other end. But for vintage, like if you put a card on eBay that's like an in-demand, like a Mickey Mantle, like, and you put it for like 70% of comps, like it will sell so quick. Like you won't even, 
you bet you will like go you know like eat dinner come back like you'll have that card sold like that you know vintage is in a really high demand so you don't not able to get those prices but yeah that's been my niche is like i'm going after like uh things that are look really good for their grade and seeing if i can negotiate for like the price of like what the normal card would go for that doesn't look like that and it's not really any more complicated than that I think a lot of people in vintage and a lot of people will skip share you away like oh man you're gonna get burned or you gotta like really know what you're doing like as if like you need to be some sort of like card archaeologist or something to like do vintage cards and like I feel like that's kind of dumb and I don't know I'm, I think you're like intuition and it's really applies the same principles with like condition as all all cards um and you're like i is like pretty good and people should just trust their gut and like start buying cards that like look cool to them uh for vintage and yeah it's super safe and that's the one thing i like about it too i've i've enjoyed that part like it's just uh you just buy it and you have the trust that like i don't need to like watch anything or like pay attention to the news or whatever i know like what the value is of it and you know i've also been really successful at just like making the money because you don't have that fluctuation downward yeah i think if you're patient it's you know with some of that stuff that is stronger i feel you're eventually going to come across a collector who understands that i think like the tough thing about having the guts to buy a lower grade with better eye appeal is patience of, you know, you're going to have the first 10 people who try to buy it from you are going to say, oh, well, it has to sell for less than the PSA 4 because it's a PSA 3, even though it looks 100 times better. Like grading is so subjective. I think eye appeal is really big. Um, any vintage players, because, you know, I'm, I've won in baseball who I think is really underpriced. That's Willie Mays. Have you been targeting? I know you like Mantle. Who else I like, like? I like Mays too. I've been buying a lot of Mays. I want to complete a Mays rainbow. I think Mays, because Mays is their entry point to like iconic sets. So to me, like that's the play is, is, is not buying Mantle. Like it's going after like 52, 51, early 50s Mays cards because they are still in like the somewhat like probably a fanatic about sports cards, but a normal person price range, you know, like under $5,000, you could get like a very nice, any Willie Mays card, right? Like pretty much. So um, I think that like, I agree with him as a, as a great play. Another one is Sandy Koufax, like arguably the best left-handed pitcher of all time. And he's still alive. So like, you know, you gonna, I think I mentioned this, but you know, like that's another one uh that you know uh you know i think people should be targeting and is is potentially undervalued um and that's really it uh i I only i stick to those kind of those guys hank aaron is too like the 54 hank aaron is like one of my favorite vintage cards i think he's you know he's the home run king before barry bonds so um you know he's another one that i think it's fun to own and you can get an entry point, a safe entry point into any year vintage. But for me, I'm just like, I like look through all the years and just like look through all the players, like the players I know, like these key names and just like whatever one looks cool. And I say, all right, like I that card's awesome. Uh, you know, that's a really great example. And then I just like try to find one um, in a grade. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've really enjoyed it. I think people, if they tried it and got into it, 
and appreciated kind of it they, uh, a bit more they would they would enjoy it too from the the modern side interesting yeah i definitely want to get into it a little bit more joe have you dabbled in vintage a lot or now the oldest card i bought i actually was so bored last night or not last night excuse me uh, a couple weeks ago i was so bored and i just looked up my name on ebay and it turns out there's some dude on chicago bears oh my god like a linebacker from like i think the card's from like 19 like 60 something but i bought it for 99 cents so that's my vintage experience that's awesome love that that's yeah. cool my, my i have another one another like little suggestion too is like uh if you like say you're just like oh i love the 50, 1952 tops like you know mickey, mickey mantle card is really cool and like everyone loves that one like you don't have to get Mickey Mantle. Just try to get like the Phillies guy from 1952 tops. And that could be really affordable. It's like 10, 15, 20 bucks for some of those commons. And like, I've, I've just like my, that's my PC. Like I have all my PC is like that kind of stuff from like 1953 tops, like different players from the Phillies and different like Eagles, like old stuff. And I don't know, like that stuff is interesting to me. And it gives me like a way to own those like vintage cards without every time stretching for like the mickey mantle price like the inflated like you know four thousand dollars for like a decent grade card like but there's a lot of players that weren't you know anything crazy and you can own those cards and kind of get the vintage experience at a lower entry point and i feel like that's like the true collecting too like you know that's you actually building a collection that you're not that eager to like list on ebay you know like you're just like want to keep i have a uh a wild prediction here ready just stay with me on this so we're about 30 years shy of 2052 i think in 2052 one of those like tens of the mickey mantle is going to go for like 50 million dollars if not more like since it'll be the 100 year anniversary yeah yeah 100% if not more though, I think you're, I think you're, I think it might be 50 million now. Like it could be, it could be even more by then. Like, it's like, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not one of a kind, but one of three like priceless uh, items on in the world, like kind of crazy. Maybe it'll go for 52 million. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Cheeky. All right, boys. It's been a great episode here. Thank you to our man Joe, uh, J Fort Sports Cards on Instagram. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Got it. There we go. I nailed it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Episode ten. This was our PSA ten episode. Next episode will be our PSA eleven episode. Looking forward to hopefully bringing on another big guest. Thank you to all those who listen. Um, it was awesome getting to hear any feedback like Delco mentioned, Kyle, who sets up at the Dallas show, uh, talking to him about listening to the pod. That's awesome when he told me that. So thanks to everyone out there and uh, stay tuned. The best is yet to come. Thanks, everyone.